today. Isn't that a beautiful thing to know that we are free to worship the Lord this morning? And that's why we're here today. We are here because of our freedom in Christ. And I'm so thankful that we have that. First of all, let me say welcome mothers. Happy Mother's Day today. We want to just honor you today. We have a special service today lined up with a, a special mother giving a special message. And so we're excited <laughs> about that. And uh, But right now, we're just going to take the next few minutes and we're going to praise the Lord. So would you continue to stand with me and you can sit down whenever you'd like to but let's just go before the lord this morning let's just invite his presence to be with us father we come to you in jesus name the name above all names and holy spirit we welcome you here to be a part of this service that we can focus our attention on you today that we can be led by your spirit we can be led by your your love and your mercy and your grace and we want to worship you and we want to thank you for caring for us as a mother would care for us and we just give you praise and glory in jesus name amen let's worship him who am i that the highest king would welcome me i was lost but he brought me in oh his love father's 
thank you, Father, for you are good. You are good. Hallelujah. You know, I'm thinking that many times we don't appreciate who it is that we're singing to. That we're singing songs with words on the screen and the words all rhyme and they come together nicely and the tune's nice and we sang but I'm not sure that we appreciate sometimes who he is <laughs> that we're singing to does anybody know what I'm talking about do you, do you get it sometimes you, you just don't quite feel the, the emotion maybe behind it sometimes and you know we are emotional beings do you know that and God is an emotional God God created our emotions and it's not that we live by emotions, but yet emotions are a big part of our life. And I know sometimes if I don't have the feeling that I'm in the right mood, I may not quite connect with the song. But I think we need to do that, regardless of how we feel sometimes. The next song that Jackie's got is talking about Jesus, the name of Jesus. So I'd like to do that this morning. If we could put ourselves in the mindset here to say, you know what? I realize who I'm singing to today. I may not always feel his presence, but I know who he is. And I know that Jesus came and he died on the cross for me. And therefore, I am going to give him my allegiance. And I am going to praise him because I know what he did for me. And I know how much he loves me. And I just want to take the time to say, Jesus, I love you back. So however you're comfortable praising him this morning, I would ask us to do that again. You can stand if you'd like to again, or you can sit, you're fine. But just take the moments here, and let's just, pre let's just recognize who we're singing to. Jesus, 
Oh, Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. <laughs> the name above all names. The name that brings life. The name that brings healing. The name that gives purpose. The name that gives us a sense of why we're here. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your mercies and your grace. We thank you that you've come to heal us today. Not just feel, heal us physically, but heal, heal us spiritually. That our spirit man can have relationship with you one more time. That we can break down that wall of religion and that shake up that ground of tradition. And we can then move into relationship with you. That we know that we're worshiping you, our, not just our, our Savior, but you're our Lord. And you're our friend and you are our brother. And we can come to the Father in heaven who is our heavenly Father that loves us and cares for us. And sees our every need and is concerned about us. And we can have great peace in that. No matter what's happening in this world around us, no matter the turmoil that's happening outside in the political world or even in our home world, maybe we have things a little bit unsettling in our home. Maybe we have loved ones that aren't serving you or loved ones that are aging or loved ones that are struggling with sickness or disease or whatever. But because of who you are, we can have full assurance that you are concerned about all of that. And we just love you back, Jesus. I don't know what else to say, but just that I love you back. I thank you so much for loving me first. That you've died on the cross for me. You've, you've provided a way back from religion to relationship. Oh, it's so easy just to fall into the world of religion. But God, we want relationship because that is the thing that heals. That is the thing that saves. And we're thankful for that. Jackie, let's just sing that one more time. And just, guys, I just want to encourage you to step out of the world of religion. Step into that world of relationship. And let's just, one more time, let's just recognize who we're singing to. Jesus, your name. Jesus, your name is power. Jesus, your name. Jesus. 
Well, again, it is Mother's Day, and uh, I'm so thankful you're here. I know Mother's Day can be a difficult day for some of us because, you know, our moms are near and dear to our heart, and some have lost moms, and some are still remembering and, and uh, feeling sad for the mothers that um, we can't share time with anymore. But, you know, I, I will say this much. I, my, my mom's been gone since 2016, and, uh, but my mom is not lost. I know where my mother's at. I know that she's in heaven today in the throne room of Jesus. And I know that I'm going to see her again. And that gives me great hope. And that gives me a great assurance. And the reason that I have that promise and that hope is not because she was my mom. And it's not because she was perfect. Because Joanne was not perfect. In fact, I even heard her say a bad word one time. If you can believe that. And if you knew my mom, she didn't say many bad words. Because she was pretty gracious and pretty... uh, Pretty long-suffering, wasn't she, Nancy? If she could put up with Dawson, she could put up with a lot. Right? And I know my dad's listening to this, so it's okay, Dad. I love you too. But, um, but anyway, she was forgiven, and she loved Jesus. And I know she loved Jesus because I heard her pray. And I heard her um, sing her songs the way that she can sing. And, and I just saw my mom living for Jesus every day. And for that reason, I know where she's at. And I know that I'm going to see her again. And we are going to celebrate lots and lots of Mother's Days, Mother Days, Mother's Day uh, forever and ever. So for that, I have hope. And I miss her. Uh, I love her. But I know I'm going to spend so much more time with her in a perfect place. So with that said, uh, I just want to miss you, wish you Happy Mother's Day. We have a special guest today, Jackie Bogue, an author of two books, and she is a um, gifted speaker, great worship leader, and she's a little bit nervous right now. <laughs> we just want to thank you, Jackie. Jackie's going to share some expert excerpts from Reflections of Jackie's World. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to share a few things with you this morning. I'm going to start out with something because somebody told me once, who knows when, that when you're speaking, it's, uh, it's a good idea to start out with a joke. So make everybody laugh. So I was cleaning through some papers and I just came across this. I don't even, it's from years ago. Somebody posted it on the, I don't know where it was. But anyway, it's called The Joy of Boys. And this was written by a mother in Texas. And um, these were her thoughts. And actually, I know some girls, Matthew and Jen, Lily, <laughs> that would probably try some of these things too. All right, so things I've learned from my boys. A king-size waterbed holds enough water to fill a 2,000-square-foot house four inches deep. If you spray hairspray on dust bunnies and run over them with rollerblades, they can ignite. A three-year-old boy's voice is louder than 200 adults in a crowded restaurant. If you hook a dog leash over a ceiling fan, the motor is not strong enough to rotate a 42-pound boy wearing Batman underwear and a Superman cape. It is strong enough, however, if tied to a paint can to spread paint on all four walls of a 20-by-20-foot room. You should not throw baseballs up when the ceiling fan is on. When using a ceiling fan as a bat, you have to throw the ball up a few times before you get a hit. A ceiling fan can hit a baseball a long way. 
The glass in windows, even double pane, doesn't stop a baseball hit by a ceiling fan. When you hear the toilet flush and the words, uh-oh, it's already too late. Brake fluid mixed with Clorox makes smoke. Lots of it. A six-year-old boy can start a fire with a flint rock, even though a 36-year-old man says they can only do it in the movies. Certain Legos will pass through the digestive tract of a four-year-old boy. <laughs> Play-Doh and microwave should not be used in the same sentence. Yeah, that's probably true. Super glue is forever. Amen to that. No matter how much jello you put in a swimming pool, you cannot walk on water. Pool filters do not like jello. VCRs do not eject peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, even though TV commercials show they do. Garbage bags do not make good parachutes. You probably do not want to know what that odor is. Always look in the oven before you turn it on. Plastic toys do not like the oven. The fire department in Austin, Texas has a five-minute response time. Uh, let me see. 80% of men who read this will try mixing the Clorox and brake fluid. <laughs> and I'll add one of my own. Preteen boys can blow up a full, well, a good-sized raft and ride it down the stairs from the second floor to the first. They will not make it out the front door. That, I just recently found out, happened many years ago, but mom didn't know until a few years ago. <laughs> so, Pastor Mike asked me if I would do this, and I said, Mike, I don't preach. I said, I tell stories, though. And he said, well, Jesus told parables. So I looked up the definition of a parable, which said, a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. So, I guess Mike's right, and here I am telling you parables. We just sang several songs about the love of God and his worth, and yes, I'm aware of the irony of doing good, good father on Mother's Day, but it worked. I would like to speak to you this morning about that love of the father and how that relates to moms and their love for their children and how that relates to our families and our love for each other. I decided that every good message needs a scripture text, and I went with one of the most obvious ones, Proverbs 31. I'm going to start with verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. I kind of got stuck on that when I go to Walmart, but that's not really afar. <laughs> um, she also rises while it's yet night. Yeah, I get up early. It's not willingly, but I'm usually up before dark. And she provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. I make sure there's chocolate for the young lady that helps with cleaning. Does that count for a maidservant? Okay. And let's move on with verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the way of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. All right, that's where we're going to start. I don't really think my kids get up every morning and say, Blessed are you, Mom. Oh! <laughs> I knew he'd say something. <laughs> But they each show me that they love me in special ways. My oldest son, Michael, 
texts me almost every day. Honestly, we don't speak very often on the phone. I got to commute with texting with him. But he'll, he'll subtly throw things into his text, wanting to know how I'm doing, especially if he knows I'm upset about something. He'll say, how are you doing? And uh, how's this going? Or, you know. So he lets me know he's thinking of me. And, and I know that he has struggles in his own family, and I know he's got a lot on his hands right now. And that's one reason he couldn't be here this morning. But um, uh, bless his heart, he, he still watches over me. We went up to see the um, Mackinac Blue Ice this uh, uh, winter. And um, all the way the time we were walking around, Michael and his wife Tammy made sure that Michael had hold of me. Okay, I slipped once when we first got there, and now I'm incapable of walking. But they, he held on to me everywhere we went. Michael, get your mom, get your mom. So they had hold of me, and he, but you know what? He was watching over me. He was taking care of his mom. Matthew calls me Ma. He's the only one. <laughs> he calls me Ma. It's a term of endearment from him. And he also makes me laugh. Matthew puts the happy back on my face sometimes, and I love him for that. You, <laughs> Mark, oh, and by the way, these boys all got their humor from me. You just need to understand that. Mark calls me every night, exactly 10.30 my time, before I go to bed. And um, if, I, if I don't call or he doesn't call, we don't connect, he will call and he'll say, you live? Yeah, I'm alive. When we're done speaking, Mark and I always say, talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) It's his way of saying, I love you, Mom. He doesn't say, I love you. Neither do I. We say, I talk to you tomorrow. Mark and I have amazing conversations about worship. Uh, He's a worship leader at his church, and we talk about how we um, uh, are going to progress through our songs the chord progressions we're going to use. We just, we just have amazing uh, talks about things like that. And he understands me on a, on a level that's different because he, he kind of, he, he can help me understand myself, I guess is the way to best put it sometimes. So the thing is, is that I have a unique relationship with all three of my boys. And the love that a mother feels for her children is almost inexpressible. You can't really put it into words. But you know, that same love, that's just a small portion of how God, how much God loves you. And he, he does it in his own unique way for your own unique needs. Each one of you loved special just because of the way you are. Now, I may be blessed, but I am by no means perfect. What? You're not going to shout amen, Matthew? <laughs> actually, there was an incident, actually a year ago today. It went something like this. It was Mother's Day 2020, and we were under some pretty strict rules about gathering. So we did not have any kind of family time like we usually do on this day. Larry and I were watching a little TV in the afternoon, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Don't ask me why that's what we were watching. That was the dumbest thing. All of a sudden, the front door opened, and there stood a guy in a baseball cap, sunglasses, and a full beard. He mumbled something I didn't understand because he had his hand over his mouth like he was pretending he was wearing a mask or something. I didn't move. I just stared at him, looked like a deer caught in the headlights. And in those three b- few brief seconds, I took a mental inventory of two things. <laughs> First, what numbers could we call for help? 
And second, exactly how much toilet paper did we have in the house in case I had to use it for ransom or bribery or something. Because <laughs> at the time, people didn't have toilet paper for whatever reason. So, and then the guy, he pulled something off from behind his, from behind his back and he held it out. A beautiful flowered hanging plant. The man I didn't recognize at the door was my own son, Michael, doing a drop-off gift for Mother's Day. In my defense, I'd not seen him in a very long time. I'd never seen him in a full beard, and we were watching a Hitchcock movie. (laughs) It startled me. (laughs) He said he wanted to surprise me. Nailed it. So the award for the best Mother's Day surprise ever goes to my oldest son, Michael, and the award for the best reaction ever to a Mother's Day surprise goes to his mom. Now, Mark and Matthew, Mark, he'll listen to this later. Don't try to outdo your brother on this one. It's a one-time award only. (laughs) Epic mom fail right there, folks. And FYI, God will never forget what you look like. He will always recognize you. So I've told you about a failure with one of my sons, and now I'm going to tell you about what happened with one of my grandkids a couple of years ago. We, Larry and I met our daughter-in-law, Jen, and granddaughter, Lily, for supper at Wendy's on a Friday night after work. Lily was being her typical, she was almost five at that time, now she's seven. She, show, she was showing me funny sounds she could make, faces she could create. She was running around Wendy's, just, look, Grandma, look what I can do. I told her if she ate her whole dinner, I had to surprise for her. So she ate every bit and then came to me to search my purse. And there, there's a candy treat called Kinder Joy. It is one of Lily's absolute favorite toys that has a delicious chocolate cream candy. I'll explain how I know that in a sec. On one side and a little toy on the other. In my purse in a baggie was half of a Kinder Joy. The toy half. Lily took it out of of my purse and she went to her seat and began to pull it out of the baggie. She was looking at the toy and a puzzled expression came upon her face. I said, oh, sorry, Lily. Grandma ate the candy. Okay, don't judge. This thing had been sitting on my kitchen counter for weeks, and I couldn't help myself. I had to see what it tasted like. Lily's face changed instantly, and not into one of those cute faces she made before. Her eyebrows shot right up into her hairline. Her eyes popped wide open. She lowered her chin slightly, and she questioned me without saying a word. She didn't have to. Her look said it all. I knew immediately I had crossed a grandma-grandchild line. What was I thinking? Well, the, the week before I was singing that chocolate looked pretty good. Her mom glanced towards me, Jen, and discreetly said, Miss Jackie, you might have led with that. <laughs> yeah, I might have, but I didn't. I learned my lesson. If you eat the candy, for heaven's sakes, keep the toy. So, now, I'd like to tell you these stories aren't true. I, I'd like to tell you I'm making them up, but honestly, this stuff can't be made up. But redemption did come, at least with my granddaughter. And here comes my first parable. Around Thanksgiving, this would have been year before last, Larry and I went to our granddaughter Lily's kindergarten grandparents' day. We arrived at the school and were directed to the library where we found a seat. And by seat, I mean something the size of a thimble with four legs attached, along with all the other grandparents. Shortly after that, our five-year-olds filed in and began their program of holiday songs, There were, however, two problems. The first was that we couldn't see Lily, and she couldn't see us. So we decided to stand up and move off to the side. The second was figuring out how to gracefully get out of that thimble-sized chair. 
As soon as we were standing, Lily started waving and smiling because now we could see each other. The kids were very excited, and after each song, we applauded. They applauded, and then they would settle down to get ready for the next song. Well, during one of those quiet times between songs, the most beautiful thing happened. Lily unashamedly looked up and loudly cheered, declared, I love you, Grandma! There was an audible awe from every grandparent in the room. And I'm sure there were those who were looking to see where this grandma was, but I had eyes for only Lily. She held my full attention. Through a misty smile, I blew her a kiss. And now here it comes, the spiritual application. Because Lily's reactions reminded me again of how much our Heavenly Father loves us. He will search and not be satisfied until he can see our faces. In quiet moments, he will unashamedly declare his love for us. And he will not be satisfied until he has our full and undivided undivided attention. And on that day, when you meet him face to face, in his eyes, and he says, Welcome, child. I have prepared a place for you. Tell him how much you love him. And ask him, please, if you could have a big chair to go in your mansion. (laughs) There are not many things more important to a mom than her family. We all have our own traditions, things we do together, how we relate. But occasionally a family has something that's exactly alike, identical twins, for instance, which was how the following story came about and what the Lord showed me about family in that story. This is about Matthew, who's here. Okay, look away and look again. Mark. (laughs) Some time ago, we stopped by our son Matthew's house. This was, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. When we got there, he was upstairs changing out of his work clothes. When he came down, no one noticed except his no noticed him except his wife Jen, and she kind of laughed and said, "Well, look at that! It's Mark." Well, Mark is Matthew's identical twin brother, and Matthew was wearing the same type of T-shirt that my Mark always wears. Always, he always wears the same T-shirt. And without his glasses on, he did in fact look just like Mark. Again, they're identical twins. Our granddaughter, Lily, ran to her daddy, and he picked her up and hugged her, and then Matthew took his usual spot on the couch. Lily, however, was watching him quite intently, and then she unexpectedly ran over and jumped into Matthew's lap. She hugged him again and sat back and said rather sheepishly, Are you my daddy? Apparently, she really was confused as to whether this was her dad or her uncle. In her defense, we had been talking about Uncle Mark coming sometime soon, and she didn't actually see if anybody came in the door with us when we came. But here's the thing. When she looked into her daddy's eyes, or her uncle's, she saw love. When he hugged her, she felt loved. And when she asked if he was her daddy, his reply was, of course I am. And you know what? That's the way it should be in a family. Love without question, even when we're not so alike. And how much more so in the family of God? When your brother or sister in Christ looks at you, you should see love. When they hug you, you should feel loved. And one day you will see your Heavenly Father face to face, and you'll climb up in his lap like a little child and ask, Are you my father? And he'll say, Of course I am. Now go on over there and hug your brothers and sisters. They've been waiting for you. Oh, and not all of you are exactly alike, but it's okay. We're all family. Matthew and Mark tried to convince me they were clones once. That they were not identical twins, they were clones. Actually, they thought that for a while. They said they decided they were clones. <laughs> Larry and I are a blended family. 
Um, he's not the biological father of my children, but he is their father. They were never legally adopted, and so the boys and their children have a different last name than we have. But there was an adoption that took place, not on paper, but in the hearts of Larry and his family. No questions asked, no papers to sign, only accept, acceptance, as if they were blood-born into the Bogue family. And at each gathering, every holiday, every birthday, they are treated as if they have always been a part of this family. They have aunts and uncles, lots of cousins, a loving grandmother and great-grandmother, who all love them as their own. And of course, there's the brave man who married me and became a father to my children. I can never explain how valuable this is, to know you are accepted, to know you belong, to know you are loved. There is another family that has the same kind of love. It's called the family of God. And when we say yes to his invitation to become his child, we are immediately adopted and become part of his family. Not an adoption on legal paper, but written in his book and kept in his heart. We become joint heirs with with his son Jesus, sharing his name. And the same love bestowed on him now belongs to us. Signed and sealed with the blood of the Lamb. Do you know how valuable that is? Do you know how you, do you know you belong? Do you know you are loved? Well, you should. I know of no better definition of what a family should be. And to those of you out there who took on someone else's family as your own, thank you. You did something extraordinary and beautiful. Many of my stories include my granddaughter, Lily, as you've already heard. And mostly that's because at the time I was doing a lot of writing, she was just at that age that most of the things she did spoke to me. She Just her childlike ways helped me understand the love of God from, from her innocent reactions. Matthew calls that Jesusizing his daughter. Yes. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's the best way to put it. We're just, what I see, what, what God shows me in her little childlike ways. Well, this story is one of my favorites, and it spoke to my heart deeply. Our granddaughter, Lily, this was several years ago, has reached that three-year-old age where she thinks she can have, say, or do anything. And such was the case a few nights ago when she wanted some applesauce. Being close to dinner, she was told no. And she pitched the average fit of a toddler, ending with trying to slap at her daddy. Matthew responded with a swat on her behind. She cried even harder and flailed her arms at him again. And his response was the same as before. She raised her hand one more time, and Matthew did something Lily never expected. He reached out for her arms, pulled her in close to him, as close as he could, and... He hugged this little child with all the love a father can give. Lily at first was surprised, but then melted into her daddy's arms and wrapped herself around him in a hug fit for a king. And then she began to cry, not out of anger or because she didn't get her way, but because she realized how very much her daddy loves her. And in that moment, she won his heart all over again. Not out of, not out of anger, I'm sorry, that, I was repeating myself that time. And I have to tell you that I cannot ignore the comparison I see in how much our Heavenly Father loves us. He had a people who were rebellious and acting like they could have, say, or do anything. 
He tried disciplining those he loved so very much, but that didn't seem to work. And then he did what his people least expected. He stretched out his arms on a cross and wrapped them around the hearts of his children. And our only response should be a hug fit for a king as we allow our hearts to be won over by him. Lily does not yet understand the love of her heavenly father, but I believe Matthew gave her a glimpse of what she will one day know. Well done, Matthew. Well done. (laughs) And finally, I talk a little bit about moms. Um, The reason that they were actually celebrating this day. One of the things that for me is the the most exciting is to have all my family gathered together, gathered around the table, gathered in my home. There's there's nothing more pleasing to a mom than when that happens, to have them all gathered around eating their favorite foods. I get so caught up in being with them that I lose my own desire to eat. I eat minimal, if, if anything. I just want to enjoy their fellowship. Each moment is special. Like my oldest son, Michael, giving me a hard time because I forgot his favorite cheese ball. Seriously, didn't know it meant that much to him. Um, Tammy, Jen, and Merp, and my daughter-in-laws discussing who's the favorite daughter-in-law based on which son they married. You may have won, Jen. Our twins, Mark and Matthew, going to what could be a stand-up comic routine that leaves us all in fits of laughter. And watching our 5-foot, 11-inch grandson, Elliot, get down on the floor and help his 2-year-old cousin, Lily, color. Our granddaughters, Bryn and Ariel, gathering all the special toys that belong only at Grandma's and forming their own little circle to play. They are laughing, their eyes sparkle, and they are enjoying family time and the feast set before them. Did you know there's another banquet table made ready for us, laden with all of our favorite things found only in his house, in the Father's house? And the Lord is at the head of this table waiting and watching for his children to arrive. And when they do, the great feast will begin. And God will rejoice in the love and fellowship now bringing his children together. We will be caught up in smiles his laughter, his love, and we will lose all desire for anything except to fellowship with him. Now, I have to admit, I almost didn't do this story because I didn't know where to end it. It didn't seem to have a proper ending. But then I realized it has no ending. As a matter of fact, when it appears to come to an end, it will truly be just the beginning. So as they say, live, laugh, love, and remember that the best family feast is yet to come. My um, my childhood wasn't always the best, but it wasn't the worst either. I never doubted the love of my parents. I never doubted that they would do anything they could for me if it was in their power to do. We struggled from time to time. Every mother wants the best for her children, no matter what. She always she wants them to feel love. She wants them to feel secure, to know that she will always be there for them, always, no matter what. The same was for my mom. And she struggled with not being able to do everything she wanted to sometimes. A while back, I was dreaming, and a song came to my head. I knew every note, I knew every word, and I knew where it came from. It was my mom's favorite song. She used to sing it in the car when we were coming back from my grandma's house in a neighboring town. I have a full memory of this. I remember being in the passenger seat next to her. I remember the scarf she tied around her hair. I remember her red lipstick. Mom always wore lipstick. So do I. Usually not red, 
but I always wear lipstick. And I remember singing the song with her. I didn't know it then, but I followed her lead, and we sang it together. She'd sing, I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. They fly so high, nearly reach the sky. Then like my dreams, they fade and die. Fortune's always hiding. I've looked everywhere. I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. When Mom sang that song, she sang it with feeling. As a child, I watched her. As an adult, I can understand why this song touched her. Because Mom had dreams that faded. She wanted more for her family. She wanted the best, but it didn't always happen. That didn't stop her from blowing bubbles and trying to make the best of each situation, which is where, in this time, some of us are right now. We're facing situations that are not exactly what we're hoping for. Dreams have faded, and we continue to look everywhere for the answers. Well, my heart knows where those answers are, but I can't always get my head to wrap around that. So I get worried and concerned about everything, when really it's as simple as blowing bubbles. It's called release. A giving of your concerns, letting them go, to the only one that can carry them for you. And he will. That's his promise to us. In fact, he's already been where you need to be. So let's keep singing. Let's keep hoping. Let's keep blowing bubbles. Besides, seriously, what's funnier than a bunch of baby boomers blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air? I was, I was fretting about giving this message uh, why, why did I even need to say that, right? I mean, seriously, you all knew I was doing that. And I asked the Lord to help me. Yesterday I was praying about it, and I said, I said, I'm just not very good at this. He said, didn't matter, I am. I said, I don't know how to do this. Do this. He said, you should be obedient. I'll do the rest. And finally I said, how do I, how do I make this message honor you? He said, you just be Jackie. You just be who I created you to be. Just be you. I wanted to play the piano from as far back as I can remember. When I was very young, my cousin drew an entire keyboard on a big, long piece of cardboard. I played it like it was real. I actually heard the music in my head. I'm sure you can imagine that. Um, Eventually, Dad found a piano for me, and I started taking lessons from a little old lady which old is irrelevant here because she was probably younger than I am now. I'm sure of that. I excelled from the time I started. I'm not sure if that was talent or just a thirst to learn. Eventually, I surpassed this lady's ability to teach me, and a very good friend introduced me to a new piano teacher, Mary Brown Martin. Mary began to teach me from a higher level. She walked me through four years of musical theory in one year, and I started to understand the reasoning behind what what I was playing. The circle of fifths, Tom. (laughs) For the first time, I began to read and play classical music, difficult pieces that I worked on for hours, every moment worth the sacrifice. Mary became more than just a teacher. She was my mentor, my friend, and sometimes a listener as we talked about matters of the heart. And out of that came the most important thing Mary taught me, and that was to put myself into the music. It wasn't enough that I could play the piece well and with confidence. I had to make it mine. 
Otherwise, I was just going through the motions or simply making noise. I would play a song for her, and she would say, that was good. That was very good. Now you put Jackie in it. It was then that I began to feel the music, and I knew, and a new freedom in playing was born. I would know when to linger at a certain spot for emphasis. I could feel the difference in the progression of the chords, and just the touch of my fingers on the keys allowing the music to flow through me took me to higher places musically. And now, all these years later as a worship leader, That's, that's the hard part about following notes. <laughs> I just got stuck again. Okay, here we go. And now, all these years later, as a worship leader, I can see how valuable of a lesson this was. Because as I worship, I know when it's time to linger a bit in his presence. I can feel the difference in the progression of songs to take me closer to him. And just the touch of his hand on my heart, allowing his love to throw me to flow through me, takes me to higher places spiritually. I learn how to make his song mine. So here's my point, especially, again, in these days, don't just go through the motions. Never just simply make noise. Always let your song be a sweet sacrifice to him. And remember Mary's words of wisdom to me. That was good. That was very good. Now you put, now put you in it. That is the place where you will find freedom, where you can be you, and all you were created to be. As I finish this morning, I can say that more than once. <laughs> Just because I can. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Larry can turn me off back there. <laughs> this is my last story. Um, we all struggle from time to time about our worth. Are we good enough? Do we measure up? Are we pleasing to our Father in heaven? Are we taking good care of our family on earth? I'll confess that that's one of my strongest faults, is being so concerned about those kinds of things. On one of our trips to Jackie's World, which for those of you that are not in the know, is Mackinac, the Mackinac area. Actually, it's Mackinac City North until you hit Canada. Okay, that's Jackie's World. Anything in there. I'm the queen when we're there. Just, just an FYI, and I pretty much get anything I want. I'll explain that here. Larry just said, testify. <laughs> On one of our trips to Jackie's World, I bought a piece of jewelry. Okay, I bought two pieces of jewelry, a sweatshirt, hand cream, a candle, and a photograph from my favorite photographer. Oh, and fudge, because, well, duh. These are perks of reigning as queen in Jackie's World. I pretty much get whatever I want. But it's the first piece of jewelry that my story is about. It's a ring set with a small, uncut Canadian diamond. I knew when I laid my eyes on it, I wanted it. See what I just said. Not because of its outward appearance, but because of what it represents. It's a diamond in the rough. Even the band that holds it is not perfect. It has uneven edges and an unpolished look. But in the hands of a master jeweler, it could be chiseled and refined to make a brilliant, sparkling, princess-cut diamond. Now, I'm talking mostly to the ladies here, but don't we all feel like this sometimes? Not quite perfect, marred around the edges, not as brilliant as we'd like to be, a diamond in the rough. I'm not always the best wife, mom, grandma, or even friend that I could be. I fail miserably on occasion, 
And yet in the master's hand, I'm being chiseled, refined, and made into the beautiful princess cut he sees in me. To look at my ring, it is not very impressive. But when you look at it through the eyes of one who sees its potential, it shines. And that's the way your father looks at you. He doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks deeper at what's inside. He sees your potential and you shine. Now on a side note, my ring was marked down to half off. Plus there was a special sale going on and it was reduced by another 50%. Because that's the way we roll in Jackie's world. Its price was decreased, but not its value. And your value is ever increasing in the eyes of your father. You are priceless, a diamond in the rough. Ladies and moms, grandmas, your family loves you deeply. They may show it in different ways, maybe by texting or holding on to you so you don't fall. Maybe a special term of endearment. Or maybe by a favorite phrase that's known only between the two of you. But the truth is, you are of great worth to them. And ladies and moms, grandmas, your Father in heaven loves you deeply. He shows it in so many beautiful ways. With special terms of endearment, meant just for you, or with a phrase that only you and him understand, and by always holding on to you so you don't slip. And the truth is, you are of great, great worth to him. So never stop hoping, never stop believing, and never stop praying. Because when you are on your knees, you have a direct path to the heart of God. And he then has a direct path to the heart of your family. And now let's finish where we started in Proverbs, the last few verses. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Jackie, I think that is the best Mother's Day message we've ever had. Amen. That was awesome, wasn't it? Thank you so much. You almost got me crying a little bit a couple times there. So thank you. Um, now, at the end here, we're going to, Jackie has offered, like I've said before, she is an author of two books. And her first book she has in the back table, and as a gift to all the mothers, she would like to give you a copy of her first book, which is Living in Jackie's World, which will make you smile. And they're in the back table right there. So on your way out, mothers, if you have not received a book, would you please pick up a book there? Now, if you already have a book, uh, her husband Larry is a very good and accomplished photographer. And you have two choices. You could either take another book for a friend, or you can go to Larry's table and pick one of the beautiful pictures of nature, Charlevoix, Jackie's World. There's a few pictures there of of the Mackinac Bridge and such of that nature. So you can take one of those as well. And those are a gift from Larry and Jackie to you, mothers. Now, also, in the foyer, Jackie is going to be back at her table. She has her second book, which is Reflections of Jackie's World, which is... um, updated stories and you may be in one of those stories you never know because Jackie has a way of just kind of observing things I am a lot so yeah (laughs) thank you for that a lot of church stories in there 
So, and she will be selling those books to, for you, and she will sign both, the ones that she gives you or the ones that she sells. She's got a Sharpie pen, and she'd be happy to autograph a book for you. So that's a nice gift. So thank you again. Let's give her another round of applause. Thank you for doing that. Well done. And she's out well before noon. <laughs> Like a good son would do. Thank you again for being here. Let's pray. And uh, let's just, uh, again, Mother's, Happy Mother's Day. Father, we come to you today. And we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. And thank you for Jackie and the world that she lives in. And it's so beautiful that she's allowed us to be part of it. And um, the way that she can articulate and write stories, it's a gift. And uh, she is excelling in that and thank you for letting her be a part of us that we get to enjoy that and uh, lord we just pray that you would just continue to bless this family bless matthew and jen and mark and uh, merp and michael and tammy and all the children that they have i just pray blessings on this family and that you would just uh, continue just to lead them in ways of of your love and we just thank you for this in jesus name amen